Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always I'm joined by Will Mjerden. Hello Will, what the fuck is going on with this weather? Yeah, hello Max. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't like it. Uh, it's well, we, we had a taste of it and that's probably what hurts the most. We, we got out of this shit and we're back into it but at least we've still got college football going so... That's a win. Yeah, I guess so. I feel like we're Miami football at this point. We had a glimpse of it, but really, it's just shit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We've got a massive episode to get to. Week 11, which is shaping up to be a relatively good one, although I'm going to pump the brakes on that a fraction. I feel like my job tonight is going to be to just hold you back a fraction because I can tell you are ready to go. You're like one of those horses at the Melbourne Cup, ready to go at the jump, all jacked up on all the legal things that are pumping through their body at that point, I assume. But I'm just going to hold you up a fraction on week 11. Fuck that. Let's blow the lid off it. <laughs> Let's get after it. We've got the matchup we want. We've got some ripper games. This is it. This is what we live for. We've, we've got some stuff that's going to have a material impact when it comes to the end of the year. So I am not containing anything in this week. We're getting after it. Curb your enthusiasm there, you psycho. All right. We've also got South Pole to get to. Bold predictions. We're going to get to them a little bit earlier this week so we can gloat or not. It'll be fresher in our memories. Yeah, well, we just need to keep things spicy here. I think we don't want to get stuck in a rut. We, we, got, we like to we were in a rut there for a little bit. We were in a rut for a little bit. Now we're, the, we're back together. Exactly and... right. We, we've kind of broken a few things up here. So if we can chuck that earlier, maybe give it a little bit more gusto. I'm worried that we're not quite buying into it enough. I'm definitely not, but I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> I'm landing him and I'm not even feeling good about it. <laughs> it's like bringing a fat chick home. <laughs> I know way too much about that. Uh, We've got game previews to get to. Also, fat chicks need a little bit of something every now and then. And it's, yeah, dick mode. That was a bad call on my part. Yeah, and like sometimes it's just, you know what, money in the bank. I'm no and, fucking <laughs> art, piece of art myself, so <laughs> who am I? All right, game predictions to get to. We've got championship draft, and we're going to go on the punt with Will as well. All right, take us through this segment that I really give zero fucks about, but the South Pole, take us through it, Will. I don't like that. That's that's a terrible intro into this. This deserves much better than that, and I'm disappointed, but... This is I'm... the most egotistical segment ever. You're running your own poll based on a system that you think should be in existence that nobody else has at the moment. And so. I'm disappointed that we are a little bit later this week because... The big news to come oh, out of go. the big news to come out of the uh, college football playoff poll that was released. So the the playoff ranking or whatever it is, and, and that's ultimately what's used to decide the top four. The big news to come out of this this week was that Penn State had jumped ahead of Clemson in what was the AP poll. It had been fairly static. You have Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Clemson as that top four. For mine, this week. For the South Pole, I had Ohio State 1, which is the same as what they pulled in. I had Bama at 2. They've got LSU. I've got LSU at 3, so I had those two flopped around. But I also had Penn State jumping ahead of Clemson in that 4 spot. So now it kind of feels like, oh, you're just copying what they did. This is completely independent. That was 100% what I was going to say. Completely independent of that. I ran the numbers before it, and I was like, oh, fuck, Aaron's going to hate this. <laughs> and, and I they do. Kind, they I kind of stole my thunder a bit. Like, they've... Yeah, they've grabbed that away. But I've got Penn State at four, uh, Clemson at five, Utah at six, Oklahoma at seven, 
And making their way for the first time into our playoff rankings, Navy at eight. This is where you're really not going to like a group of five rep. But I've got Navy. They're playing great football, looking really good. Uh, And I have them as the top team in all of the group of five conferences at the moment. Why? The midshipmen. Because they're destroying everyone they play. They are just wrecking teams. Like, you've got Memphis ahead of them. You've got Boise. You've got Cincinnati. Uh, well, who's got them ahead of them? The every, AP poll. Pff, not co- interested in that, what they've got. The college football playoff rankings. Let me read this to you. Cincinnati, 20. Memphis, 21. Boise State, 22. Navy, 24. And what? So what why do they get... Uh, <laughs> gr- you were banging the drum for them before when they put Penn State at four. And then they've done the right thing there. <laughs> But they're not spot on all over the shop. Clearly. Navy are looking really, really good. They've they've had. I mean, they've only dropped one game for the year. Yeah, they, you know, they run the ball well. Correct. Well done. As as well as anyone else, uh, they've had really. So they they had a loss at Memphis, a, a tight loss. That's a tough game. Most teams will struggle at that group of five level in that one. But every other game that they've played outside of Tulane that they ran tight, they are just trashing teams. Okay, so in your system. In the first round of the playoffs, does one play eight? Yes. So Navy are playing Ohio State week one. Ooh, look out. Upset alert. <laughs> it's not an upset alert. No, it's probably not. Uh, that so, yeah, could this... be like, Ohio State could put up 200. They won't get that many offensive possessions, but... Yeah, look, I think Navy uh, deserve a bit of recognition. This gets them that shot at the moment. The Americans looking really good, so we're going to see how things play out with Memphis, Navy, Cincinnati, SMU, still all one loss, round the mark, looking really good. Uh, so one of those teams is going to come out, but right now I'm most impressed by Navy. Uh, that doesn't even deserve a comment. Okay, I've also got an issue with Penn State at four. I don't think they're that good, actually. I think they're one-dimensional on offense, and by one-dimensional, they pass the ball to KJ Hamler, and that's it. They don't even really have a lot of, I guess, like Fryermuth or whatever his name is. We'll get see a little bit of action, but Sean Clifford... Anyway, we'll get into that in the Penn State-Minnesota yeah. game. Let's not get too hung up here. Uh, and I'm with you. Like, I... From the sight test, I don't really love Penn State, but when I dive into the numbers, they really stand out. They've had some good wins against quality opposition, and I think they deserve that recognition. So I'm kind of a bit on the fence with them. I'm, I haven't bought in, but their resume to me speaks out much higher than Glemson's at the moment. Yeah, and clearly much higher than Navy's. All right, let's jump into then our bold predictions care of Will's request to move this, shuffle this thing. Up the order of spicy, so, yep. All right, so will you start us off then? You must have something spicy then if you are keen to get this thing away. I will happily do that, my friend. So for me, the times, they are a-changing. <laughs> okay. So uh, after our classic 9-6 to six overtime matchup back in 2011, the last time we had uh, Alabama, LSU, both ranked 1 and 2 in the AP poll going at it, I believe we're going to have another classic this year, but it's going to be the complete opposite direction. So that was a defensive slugfest when both of those teams were just loaded with defensive talent. They were loaded with defensive talent all over the field. 
This time, I'm saying, with the eight years on, the game's changed and these two teams have absolutely transformed. They're both still pretty handy defensively. But I'm saying that it's not the defense that drives these squads anymore. It's the offense that is more impressive. And that the over-under on this is going to be above 90 points. They're going large. Wow. Uh... Can we say that the 6-9 game wasn't a classic? Or it was a classic for all the wrong reasons? Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's that vaunted SEC defense. Actually, no, it was just two quarterbacks that don't play the position very well. How well, about and, that? And Alabama's kickers, kickers, going <laughs> yeah. combined two of six on the Yeah, day. yeah. So let's just calm no, down. I, I don't know. It. I think it is a classic. I, I, it's not my cup of tea, but it's one of those ones that's memorable. There's, there's not many games I could go back more than this season and kind of quote you on and, and that's one of them going back more than this season yeah so outside of this season um, I'm a really? sieve I'm a sieve mate I got nothing you don't remember East Carolina Temple from last year uh, I barely tell you the colours of those teams now <laughs> okay my bold prediction is I've gone an over under direction as well okay so I've this is called slugging it out and okay. I'm going to say that every big 10 game this weekend We'll go under the point spread. So I'm checking the weather. We got some sort of snow. <laughs> There's not actually. It's all pretty crisp. Okay. So <laughs> I was I was hoping for a couple of weather <laughs> games to be honest. Uh, but Ohio State and Maryland are at 65. Penn State Minnesota are at 48. Purdue and Northwestern 39.5, which seems a little high, <laughs> unless Purdue are going to put up 36 of those. Uh, Illinois Michigan State 45 and a half. Iowa and Wisconsin are 38 and a half. So I'm going to say that all of those games go under that. Okay, yeah. So there's, there's a nice theme going on there. I think that's highly unlikely because if there's anything that our listeners have learned on this show, <laughs> the people in Las Vegas who take money from us, I'm not even going to say like give it out. They just take it. Uh, are pretty good at what they do. So if they've kind of missed the mark on every one of those, I would be shocked. They ha- Well, they don't necessarily need to miss the mark. Just needs to go under. It could go under by half a point. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah, to but me. like the the mark for them is for it to be like a 50-50. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So if they, they've missed all of them, they ain't fifty-fifty. True. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So slugging it out for me, um, and I will probably fail miserably again because yeah, that's when's what the first Big Ten game because you know that one's going over. Oh, they're gonna blow that thing. It's Ohio State Maryland early, so. Maryland's going to start clicking on offense. They'll put up 40. Exactly. uh, State will score 63. All right, let's jump into these game previews. And before we do that, let's just, again, curb the enthusiasm. We have got a very top-heavy schedule this week. Uh, We've only got so many TV screens, so that's not such a bad thing. It's not such a bad thing, but it's not going to be as entertaining, I don't think, as what people are making out. There are noticeable absence of quality in those kind of middling relevant matchups. There's a couple, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, it is not the the big... uh, list or or setup that we had back in week seven i'm saying tentatively that was like a uh, a really really hot you know combination of games from start to finish this week i don't think there is that so we've got undefeated matchups in the big 10 we got undefeated matchups in the sec and then what so that's two games then what else we've got another big 10 classic in a couple of powerhouses well potentially there's there's two slug mouth 
teams going at it there. Slugmouth. Take us through that. It's like a combination of Slugfest and Smashmouth. Smash <laughs> okay. Just throwing a few things in here. Yeah, all right. Really trying to get after it here, but... No, I think I think this is good. I, I I understand you're trying to downplay it because I'm like a, a big one of getting excited to go see a new movie, like really talking it up. Maybe mm. it gets a bit of like Oscars love or something, and I'm I buy into it, and I know you, I shouldn't. And you do, yeah. And then I go and I'm like, mm, that fucking sucked. A <laughs> like Birdman. What the fuck is that? Fuck you for a movie. Like, did it win the Oscar? I'm gonna look this shit up. But oh my god, that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It was just so. I've never even heard oh, of it. Anyway, obnoxious. let's get into it. I think there's not a lot. I mean, there's a bunch of action that was earlier in the week that was pretty entertaining, like one-point wins, four-point wins. There was some Toledo Ball State. I uh, can't remember who else was playing, but some interesting stuff in some action, which is a conference that is wide open at the moment, and most people probably don't care too much. Yeah, and if it, we weren't working, though, then we'd be dialed into that. Oh, exactly. Yeah, oh. It's football. So there isn't a lot to get excited about on Thursday and Friday, though. Saturday, we've got Washington and Oregon State. This could be a little bit interesting, and we get to see if uh, the Beavers are, in fact, legitimate. But I think Washington's defense are probably too much to handle unless Jake Luton gets hot and Jacob Eason makes some terrible killer mistakes. But apart from that, I don't think there's any way that Oregon State beat Washington. Yeah, I think this will be closer than you'd think. So last week I was probably fairly harsh and critical on Oregon State and kind of went against them and thought they had no chance against Arizona. They're a better football team than Arizona at the moment. And Washington haven't been great this year, so I expect this one to be within a score, to be honest. Uh, I still think Washington get out on top. They've just got a bit more experience, a few better playmakers across the board. But don't be surprised if this one's tight late. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I I mean, I hope so. I want to see Oregon State get to that bowl game. And they need, I think, two to finish out the year. If they could jag one against Washington, that'd almost be in a good... You'd almost pick them to Absolutely. do Absolutely. This would be a huge win for that program. And, and they deserve it. They've had a great year. They're, they're working. They're moving in the right direction. For sure. Okay, let's jump into Sunday action. Uh, let's get this noon kickoff, which the clocks have clearly changed in America because we've got a bit of a later start for us. So Sunday at 3.30 a.m. Sleep in. Hey, number four, Penn State take on number 17, Minnesota. This one is in Minneapolis. Both teams are coming off a bye. I think Minnesota probably laid this one at midday, trying to get the Gophers a little bit of a head start, maybe catch Penn State napping a fraction. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Minnesota will be looking to control the clock with their run game led by Rodney Smith. And Penn State will be looking to do a little bit the opposite. They'll be looking to try and take the top off that defense and, and hit the big play with KJ Hamler, which is what I sort of alluded to earlier. I actually at this stage trust Minnesota's offense more than Penn State's. I think Penn State's got better athletes across the board. I think Noah Kane's a fantastic running back that they don't use. Uh, I just have a, a few questions about... The consistency factor with the Nittany Lions, Sean Clifford has had some really good moments, but then some really, really barren patches that res, you know, resemble kind of my sex life as a high schooler. Like it was, it has been poor, and that has existed not only for drives but into quarters and almost halves as well. So really devoid of any rhythm continually, and and that's dangerous against a Minnesota team that does run the ball pretty well, and then have got some 
options on the outside throwing the ball and, and Tanner Morgan looked to take advantage of that. And existed not only in high school but also into your early oh, 20s. Dr- oh, don't well. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It, it drifted into my 20s and now later than that as well. Um, but uh, a, a touchdown to Penn State feels about right with how good their defense is and I think that's probably where this game is won. Um, and the concerns around Minnesota's schedule would be the other big question mark for the Golden Gophers. Uh, I did. I took Wisconsin to keep things close against a, a, a more talented team back when they played Ohio State, and they got absolutely fisted. So I'm going to take Penn State's defense. I'm going to take Penn State to squeeze the life out of this run game, but don't be surprised if this is closer than what people think. Yeah, absolutely. I am actually the other side of this one. I think Minnesota will get it done. So Ooh. I think they they're not all that highly rated by myself at the moment because they haven't played anyone. But at the same time, everyone that they have played, they've beaten probably more than you would expect. Like They've had really good results, especially from what we've seen in Vegas in terms of against the spread. They, they're like 6-0 and in their last games against the spread because they're winning by more than people think they're going to. And that's an, imp- an impressive thing to see because normally they're dialed into, you know, finding that line. But these this team continues to impress. And I think this is their real opportunity to kind of make their mark. And, and PJ Fleck is a good coach. He, he came in with huge raps uh, and then he probably kind of faltered a little bit, as you expect from a coach moving into a program in, in a tough conference like the Big Ten. And now we're starting to see that he is moving things in the right direction. And it, it could be, like, he just signed himself a seven-year extension. Yeah. Which da- is great. Dangerous. I know, right? Dangerous. Because like he hasn't done ones. anything exactly yet. Exactly right. This is, this is the perfect, like, sell-high sort of opportunity for on himself where he's selling yeah. himself out to get yeah. a big contract. Because when you look at who they've played, there's no one ranked. There's no one with much going on at all, to be perfectly honest. And... The fact that he's able to parlay that into a ranking now and, you know, a, a, a big-time matchup, the, the program loves it. They're thinking, yeah, we're relevant all of a sudden. It's like, well, you kind of, you've, you've had good scheduling. And, yeah, and, and, it, and that's worked out for you. And if they crash and burn down the stretch, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, or having said that on the opposite side, he could really pay off this faith that the athletic department and the school has put in him. Uh, by getting that big marquee win. Every coach needs a big marquee win. And there's so many coaches that are good but struggle to get there, particularly at probably, I say a bit of a middling uh, a middling team, but maybe they can, you know, thrust themselves, if we stay on this very sexually orientated episode, into one of that upper echelon or even take control of their side of the Big Ten. Yeah, well, and yeah, I mean, you put Auburn, uh, Florida, Wisconsin, any of those teams in their schedule that they've had, they're all undefeated at this point. But at the same time, this team, since week one, where they scored 28 points against South Dakota State, and had a pretty tight tussle, 28-21, they won that one, have scored more than 34 points in each of their matchups. In the last three weeks, they've given up 7, 7, and 10. Like, they've been dominant. Yeah. And, and you know, they're, they're playing... Weaker Big Ten teams, but they're still Big Ten teams. But you just use them in the same sentence as Florida, Auburn, and Wisconsin. And hey, if I'm a Minnesota fan, I'm taking that every Absolutely. day of the week. Absolutely. So yeah, for me, I'm, I'm taking Minnesota at home with the points there. 
Uh, I might even take them to win. If I, if I had to pick one, I'll pick them to win, but confident with backing them in with the points. I like it. I like it. I think there's a lot to like about Minnesota um, and get around them. James Franklin could do something weird on the coaching front as well. Has been known to do that. So, all right, moving along the seven o'clock kickoff. Here we have it. Will's big jerk off SEC big game of the year. We've got number two and number three in the country, LSU and Alabama down in Tuscaloosa. That little town will be going absolutely bananas already. Could you imagine being there Thursday night, Friday night? Just the scenes. Well, people would just be rolling into town like now. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you remember? We're just kind of off topic a little bit here, but the shithole Roach Motel we stayed at in Tuscaloosa. I uh, do not. Where we had our mate who drove us to the game. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. place was the worst hotel I've I ever didn't stay there in, that in often. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it was a, like it was one of the ones where the beds are made and you're still bringing your sleeping bag out, oh. and comfortably sleeping in that because it was proper Roach Motel. That was a will special. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I had fun in Tuscaloosa. That was a yeah. good place. Oh, absolutely, and and it would be wild this week. Oh, wouldn't it? Uh, and especially with an Alabama win. But I have got more questions about this game than answers. Firstly, Tua's ankle. Is it anything to get worried about? Will it hamper that offense? Does it matter if Mac Jones has to play the game? Uh, does that significantly hinder their chances? Well, I think this is, as I've been kind of setting up for a little while now, playing out perfectly for them. I think he's going to be okay, but I think they're going to play that, oh, we're not sure. Oh, it's going to be a game time decision. So they've got that to fall back on. They lose, that. The things start to go nasty. They pull him. They go, yeah, his ankle was a bit bung. Yeah. I think they've got that up their sleeve. So don't be surprised if you do see that come out. Or if they get out on top, things are going well. He's, tr- he's trotting out there. They get the win. Yeah, it was never an issue. I don't know if that's how Nick Saban plays the game. He treats his players like robots. Yeah, it's not how he plays the game, but it's how that hype machine that is behind Alabama will certainly yeah, pitch okay. things. All right. Alabama's ability to stop the run. If there's been one weakness for them this year, it has been their ability to stop the run. Teams have been able to get on top of them on the ground. Does that matter? I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been really, really, really good without being excellent, if I can say that. He probably hasn't gone over the top in terms of dominating a game for LSU in big moments. The offense has really been led by Joe Burrow and the, and the passing game. But is is that inability for Alabama to stop the run enough to cost them the game? I mean, whilst they, they haven't been great, not that they're elite level, they've still been pretty good. Like, no one's really got close to them so far this year. And they've controlled every matchup that they're in. So the yards that they're giving up on the ground, I think they're comfortable with. Like, they're often in a position where they're happy to see teams run the ball because they're already up by two scores. And I think that's kind of a, a bit of a softer coverage because they're able to do that and they haven't been tested at all this year so i'm kind of less worried about that because when they get into a position i expect them to be able to knuckle down but it is a bit of an unknown all of those injuries that they have had across that defensive line and in the linebacking core might kind of start to to raise their head a little bit and that's only from the fact that what we're used to is elite five-star dudes who are juniors and seniors who've been around and are fully matured where now they've got elite five-star guys who are freshmen sophomores who still really really good at football but not that ready to take the step to the nfl just yet still a little (laughs) bit underdone you know what i mean so yeah 
I don't, I don't know how I feel about this one. Everyone's looking. I feel like everyone's looking for excuses to to bag Alabama and bag Clemson because they're probably not playing to the level that they had the previous year. And- well, and we're sick of them. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that's kind of the natural progression. As a, as a person, you, we've had the same thing served to us over. Yeah, and over. it was like Hawthorne it, playing in finals. No, that was right. I was cool with that one, but. <laughs> But it, that's what it is. We're natural. Like, yeah, you love watching good teams play, but you want to see something different. You want to see them start to fall after a while because you get a bit fucking anti about it. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing we don't know is Ellis use ability to do it in a big time game. And and by big time game, there's really only one big time game for them. And that is the Alabama game. They've been hosed each and every time in the last however many contests, six or seven, I think it's been double digits to Alabama. They've struggled to score touchdowns at all in about the last three. And LSU's defense hasn't seen an offense like this one that Alabama will trot out there on Sunday. Those receivers, and there are a lot of them, are fantastic. We've spoken about them a lot. So that'll be something that LSU will have to contend with. And what happens if LSU gets down early or if it is a little bit tight and they don't have things that all their own way, especially on the offensive side where they're so used to being able to rely on the passing game, just go, you know what? Yeah, we might be struggling. Yeah, we might end up in a shootout, but we've got that offense we can you know, fall back on. What happens if they're in a 17 all game late in the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, what happens then? And do they have the stones to be able to stay with it? Because there's no one on this LSU team that knows what a win against Alabama looks like. And there's a there's a bit of a monkey on the back, I think, for the Tigers that they're going to have to get over. Yeah, I agree that they don't know that against Alabama. They, they haven't had that there, but they've certainly had a lot more challenging spots than Alabama have had this year. So the Auburn matchup leading up to this before their bye was a tight one. They, yeah, they were in control, but it was it was tightish, tighter than anything Alabama's had. And the Florida game was scores a level at halftime. Like that was on for you know anyone to take, and then they rose to another level. So I think we've seen more, and we know more about them in a tight spot than we do Alabama because they never get in that. They're just that much better than everyone that they've played so far. We don't really know what things are like when their back's against the wall yet. We haven't seen that. Yeah, I don't know. I think Florida and... Uh, what was the other one said? Auburn. Auburn. They're different beasts though. Like the Alabama game down in Tuscaloosa, it's not going to be an easy one. I think if LSU are going to win this game, I think they've got to jump out the blocks pretty early and then ride Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the rest of the way. To me, that's how I see them winning. I know they're built for a shootout. They're built for a big comeback. Uh, but I just think Alabama will be so well prepared, especially defensively. That's Nick Saban's baby. And he'll look after that. He'll take real pride in in not getting torched on that side of the ball. Uh, and, you know, again, making the Florida-Auburn comparison. If you're comparing Bo Nix to what Tua's going to do and their receivers, you know, it's just... It's a different ball game. The only thing that I really want is I want the classic. Here it is. It's served up on a plate for these two teams. It's served up on a plate for all the college football fans. We want that epic classic game because you know that millions are dialed into this one. Everybody's watching it. Everybody's talking about it. I want one of those moments. I want the Chris Davis kick six. I want the the freakish play that we talk about in 10 years' time. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm with you, and I think it's going to be. We're going to get it. We're going to get the points, and I, I I'm seeing like 52 to 42 sort of. What? Deal. Yeah. 
Over 90, it has to be. So it has to be insane. <laughs> okay, I will go with that. All right, Iowa and Wisconsin play at the same time and some people might watch this one. I'm not sure. Now, this is a ranked matchup, but it's going to be, if we're going anything by Will's prediction, it is going to be on the opposite end of the scale. Uh, neither of these two teams are highly explosive in either the run or the pass. Both defenses are fantastic against the run. Wisconsin is fifth in the nation in against the run and number one in the country in total defense. Uh, Do you say Wisconsin is not explosive in the run? Wisconsin isn't an explosive offense, is what I'm saying. Oof. They, I mean, they run the ball well. That's what they do, and they Except have the against most good defenses these, like Ohio State. Well, yeah, I mean, that's there's three teams out there that can stop them, and Iowa is not one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, John, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is the second most expensive, explosive player in the country out of the backfield. So, to say that they're not explosive is a bit, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe not explosive is a bit unfair, but I just they're not. They're not built to score super fast, super you know high paced, and Iowa can defend the run. That is something that they can do. Uh, so it's going to be this kind of real, def- I think, a real defensive slugfest. Uh, I think Wisconsin's too good. Jack Cohn is is an, an okay quarterback. He'll do his thing, especially led with Jonathan Taylor, like you said up top. Uh, the Wisconsin defense will be too much of a squeeze for the Hawkeyes and I trust Paul Christ far more than I trust the Ferentz family to, to get things done uh, it's going to be defense on defense and Iowa's offense does not have the horses to be able to run with Wisconsin to be able to put up enough points they need to score touchdowns they're going to have to I could like enough what, what how many is enough points for Iowa 24 that could be enough well, to beat Wisconsin cr- yeah. and I just don't see them putting that up I, I'm right there with you I think Wisconsin clicked back into gear they've had a couple of rough weeks they had that massive upset against Illinois then they had the rough matchup with uh, Ohio State they've had a week off now rejuvenated I expect them to click back in and we're going to see something like 24 nothing. Like yeah. the, the defense is going to get back. They're yeah. not going to get scored on. And then they're just going to do what they do, run the ball, score a few times, kick a field goal. I, I think that says more about the Iowa offense, actually, than Wisconsin defense. But um, either way, you know, it would be one that could could get okay, but most people are going to be, unfortunately for them, dialed into the LSU-Bama game. All right, 10 o'clock in the oh we sorry i nearly jumped into the 10 o'clock games there really isn't too much later in the afternoon so if you've ever got anything to do this is a good week get your football out the way early and then you've got a little bit of time maybe spend it with the missus take her out on sunday um do a little bit of this a little bit of that but there's not much going on after that seven o'clock game in the morn that's good. I've got a lunch Sunday, so that's that tees up nicely. I'll Perfect. still definitely bring the phone along. I have the iPad and whack that up. So it, it's good. I've, I've figured it out on the pram as well. I've got myself a little holder for it. So Don't be whacking things up on the pram, dude. That's not okay in public. And... Like the, it's like a holder for my iPad so that when I'm pushing the pram around, I can watch the so games. So I thought we were doing still the whole sex show thing oh, and you're Jesus. talking about whacking and prams. Jesus. And, all right. Uh, some other games this weekend. Feel free to stop me at any stage. William, the really early slate. So that is the 3.30 kicks. you got Maryland and Ohio State. No, nah, cool. Florida the and... The line's like 44 points in that game. <laughs> 
Fucking hell. Florida and Vandy. Ugh, I wouldn't bother. Uh, Baylor head to Fort Worth to take on TCU. Now, whilst I said there was no middling, interesting games, this may be one of them. Uh, the Horn Frogs have been playing yeah, fractionally better. They got over Texas. The line sits at two points and therefore obviously should be close. The Horn Frog offense has started to get a little bit of its groove back, I suppose. Max Duggan has been better, but he is a potential omission on the weekend pending injury. Uh, and the defense has been inconsistent. I still just don't think they're very good. I think Baylor probably handles them pretty comfortably. Yeah, I've watched both of these teams play quite closely, having both played Oklahoma State recently. And the two matchups, Baylor were the much better football team. Like watching them in, in direct comparison there, Baylor seemed like they're a lot better. So that's what has me concerned around why this one's at such a tight line there. Whenever I see that, I kind of back away because I have strong feelings that Baylor are a better team. But that tight spot there, the fact that it's down in Fort Worth, Maybe, yeah, I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, that obviously that West Virginia game last weekend, which is a little closer than people thought, has the, you know, the bookies a little bit gun-shy maybe, but I don't know. Extra um, days rest? Yeah. Is that a thing? I know, like, I know, AFL, they, they always talk about it. Yeah, they're young, though. Like, bodies bounce back. I feel like there's more on the mental side of the game for young guys than there is on that extra day recovery. That's a real, like, old person thing. Yeah, like you. but also, like, you get that extra day. They often give you the day off of training, so that means you get Saturday night to go out. Yeah. There's repercussions of that. Oh, Still recovering. All right. Actually, that's probably more of an old person thing. Yeah, exactly. East Carolina visit SMU. Only saying that because SMU are still ranked and worth keeping an eye on. Texas Tech play West Virginia in a game that doesn't really mean too much. Purdue get Northwestern. And if you get up at 3.30 to watch Purdue play Northwestern and you don't throw up, I'll be very, very surprised. I mean, I'll be more surprised the fact that people will actually do that. Someone in Australia will get up at 3.30 to watch that game. And if you do, please hit us up. We want to know who you are. <laughs> yeah. So we can call some sort of help, healthcare uh, thing for you. Anyway, Florida State head to Chestnut Hill to play BC. Can the Seminoles get a win after firing Willie Taggart up there against AJ Dillon in and the Eagles of Boston College? No, they don't have a coach. So I don't think this is like AFL where you lose your coach and then you win the next week. Apparently yeah. that's the thing. I don't expect to see that, so I'm all Boston this week. Okay, Georgia Tech face Virginia. Uh, nothing special there. Uh, in the 7 o'clock kicks, uh, we've got Colorado and Stanford. Again, a game that probably doesn't mean too much, lacks any power. Kansas State visit Austin and play the Longhorns. Is that one that could bring a little bit of interest? Yeah, absolutely. And it's another one of those ones that's really interesting where you've got a team that's ranked 16 in the poll, uh, Texas unranked, and Texas are a touchdown favorite. Yeah. So it's one of those odd ones where you're like, mm, are Texas disrespected? Are Kansas State probably getting a bit too much love? Or like, what's, what's happening here? So I, I think Texas wins this. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Texas haven't been great, but they've got the talent. They've been unlucky in a couple of spots. So I think they are too good for Kansas State in this one, who have had a couple of great results recently. Uh, crushed Kansas last week and, and have been traveling okay, but uh, especially after beating Oklahoma. But it, 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 it's all running up short for them here. Yeah, but it's interesting you look at like the standings in the Big 12 and you've got teams that are above teams that are ranked and that you guys are a bit all over the place because it's pretty tight in that 
middle group. But moving on, uh, we've also got Wake Forest against Virginia Tech. I don't like the Hokies in that one. I think Wake Forest are too good. I don't rate Virginia Tech's defense, even though they somehow kept... Yeah, Notre Dame, their offense isn't anything too much last week, but kept them to 21 points. I think Wake Forest will have a day out. No, I'm Virginia Tech. I'm going to keep Ooh. banging that drum until... Down at Lane Stadium. Yeah. I think like this would be it for Tech. This would... And I think they'd be out of the Coastal, maybe, if yeah, they, they lost this one. Yeah, they dropped this one, certainly. But I, I think they've got a very good shot of winning it. Wake Forest have been good this year. Uh, no disrespect there, but... This is Virginia Tech's chance to stay alive. And they're around the mark. They're not a great football team, but they're solid. And yeah. they'll win on their day. And that's like a lot of the ACC. Yeah. <laughs> the destruction derby that is the ACC. Louisville head to Miami. Uh, the last game at home for the Canes this season. Um, and I expect good things from Louisville. They've improved dramatically under Scott Satterfield. That offense has come on from a team that only won a couple of games last year. They are a game away from bowl eligibility, I believe. So uh, they're traveling in a pretty good direction, uh, an upwards trajectory for the Cardinals. Yeah, I've been all aboard Miami since you jumped off, but now's my time to get off at Bid the them farewell. It, it's been fun, but Louisville are going to win this, and it's going to hurt, but I, I just, it's on the cards. I mean, Miami are favorites, so that... Is, Usually you know, spells doom. Exactly. Uh, USC head to Arizona State. What are your thoughts on this one? You, again, you've got that incredibly banged up USC team against an Arizona State team, which you know was ranked undefeated in the Pac-12, doing all this good stuff. And now, like a lot of Pac-12 teams, gets to this part of the season. You know, we're into the first week of November, and they've just fallen off the map almost completely. They drop a couple, and we just don't hear from them again. But their offense, you know, Jaden Daniels has been okay. Uh, and, you know, whilst their offensive line is is battling, USC's got no depth in that front seven whatsoever. They also openly don't have a running back. They just play five wide. They've put Armin Ra St. Brown at running back at times. They've got like walk-on running backs kicking around. It is a mess in that USC backfield. Is there any way that Arizona State can make the most of that this for me is the hardest game to predict this week because there's just so many variables at play that both of these teams have so, have shown such varying levels of play that you don't know who's going to show up and and it's both of them too like normally you've kind of got one side that you're fairly confident you've got pegged down and then one that's maybe a bit erratic this is two teams that have been really good they've been really bad sometimes they've been both and I really don't know where to go with this one. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be one of those games. It's like Arizona State won by three touchdowns. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Or USC up by 24 points. Yeah, I can cool. see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's no hot, no hot take there yeah. either. It's, it's just it is what table. it is. Um, Illinois head to East Lansing to take on Michigan State in a game that I think Illinois will go and win. I do not rate that Michigan State offense and nobody really does. Uh, but Illinois have been plucky, bordering on okay, and will look to make themselves bowl eligible, I believe, uh, under Lovey Smith and the Beard. Yeah, uh, Illinois uh, have turned the corner. Like they mm. are a team that was looking really poor to start the year, and people were talking Lovey Smith. You know, is is his time up? He, he hasn't been able to get it done, and then really big win uh, over Wisconsin, Wisconsin has changed all of that. 
they then back it up with a, another huge surprise effort after that and, and another big win. So they're looking really good. Michigan State don't have their middle linebacker anymore who uh, tested positive for PEDs by the looks of things. So that's a big loss for them because he was the best middle linebacker in college football uh, or he, yeah. in the conversation. So that's going to hurt them. And I, I really like Illinois' chances in this one. Yeah, go on. And... I know we knew that when Lovey Smith came in that that Illinois team was super, super young. And now they're juniors and we sort of expected a bit more of a turnaround. Probably late last year, it didn't come. And we thought, oh, he's, he's on the hot seat here. That He's going to have a hot butt going into the season. And he did, especially after he dropped a few early. But maybe they're starting to come together now. Coming of age. And there's, but there's a lot to be said in college football about a you know juniors and seniors. And just the fact that I know... We don't want to like people don't want to see this anymore. They don't want to see kids coming through. They want to see them play as freshmen and dominate as sophomores, and then they've got one last season as superheroes, and then they're off to the NFL to the point where they can almost sit their junior years. That's not the case for everybody. Some teams do need to come through and have four years in a system or five years in a system to get physically bigger and stronger, to get their bodies harder to the game. And to just understand the mental side of it, process faster, execute without thinking, and play at a really high level. And that is something that's so underrated now. And kids just aren't going to sit for four years before getting a start as a senior. It's just not happening anymore. And it's something that there's a lot to be said for that, I think, in college football. Yeah, no, I'm, I agree with you. It's it's certainly one of those things that early on when I'm calculating my oh, here numbers, we go. Here we well, go. It, like the, the number of upperclassmen that they have certainly weighs into it because it's a huge part of when your body goes through growth as a young male into more of a man, you get a fuckload stronger at that point. And the college gyms and... Uh, fitness staff that they have on board are next level from what they've had at high school. So there's a huge chance for you to grow from an 18-year-old kid to a 22-year-old, I don't know, beast. And the more of that you can get with that talent that you've you've come through that knows the program, you're obviously going to be in a better spot. When's your body going to finish yeah, feeling? Still waiting. <laughs> still waiting. I, I, for me, maybe it's late 30s, 40s, who knows, but one day. Oh, the human pipe cleaner. All right. Uh, the later games, the, again, nothing too exciting here. Missouri head to Georgia in what should be a beatdown. Washington State go to Cow. I don't think there's much there. Chase Garbers is still out for the Golden Bears in an offense that sucked with him. They're even worse without him. Um, and Washington State probably need to score three times and that'd be enough to get over the top of them. I'm back in Cow in that one. Ugh. Yeah. I, How? I they're not going to score enough points. They might. They might. They might, but they're not going to. I, I, yeah, I think they score 21 and somehow keep uh, Washington State down. They have one of their off weeks. That, and, and that does happen with them where they like... 60 points, 55 points, 63 points, 12 points. Yeah. 60 <laughs> yeah. points. Like, what? And it's always like doing... It's like they turn the ball over six times yeah. in the red zone. Yeah. You look at the punting stats, it's like they didn't punt today. They just scored touchdowns or... Turned it over. Turned it over on, on like pitch yeah. plays or something yeah. like it was. Anyway, Clemson and NC State won't be close. Notre Dame at Duke, I think, could be a bit of a juicy one. I don't really rate Notre Dame. Playing at Durham, not exactly a, a, a fortress by any means, but well coached under David Cutcliffe. Notre Dame have been... Oh, average. Average doesn't even explain it to me. Their offense has been putrid. They've got absolutely no intent, no desire, no 
inclination to th- throw the ball more than about six yards. Uh, their only receivers really are Chase Claypool. That's it. And he's a big body, more of a tight end body than a true receiver, but they do flex him out. They've got nothing to take the top off the defense. There's nothing explosive about their game. You know how much I love explosive plays. It's all dink and dunk. And Duke do have the ability to spread them out and and put up some points if they're on in their day. And I think the eight points that Duke have been given, I'm taking them to win at home. Ooh, okay. I certainly don't think that'll happen. I like Notre Dame to win this one. I think it's probably a bit harsh for the number 15 team in the country at the moment. Yeah, they've been disappointing in, in their losses that they've had recently, but they're, they're still a solid unit. I think expectations are probably higher for them, and, and that's as much from them they, than They shouldn't else. lose by a point to Virginia Tech at home. I mean, they should lose by more. That's what Miami did, but Notre no, but Dame they, are they, the 15th ranked team in the country. That. Yeah, they won a, one by a point. They yeah. led for the first. Uh, Did what they needed to do. Um, that's ugly. Tennessee at Kentucky, Iowa State play Oklahoma, and of course San Jose are against Australia's team in Hawaii. Anything about that uh, Iowa State Oklahoma game or the San Jose State Hawaii game? Well, this could be Matt Campbell's kind of real breakout. This is. I've made it. I'm ready for the big time, wherever that next one. This will springboard him in. I don't think it will be. I think Oklahoma win quite comfortably here. Oklahoma State, uh, sorry, Iowa State just don't have the dudes. But if they can, then it's just testament to him being a fantastic coach. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I also think that every everyone's playing a back seat to the LSU-Bama game, I suppose, this weekend. So it's the sort of game that you're like, oh, yeah, like I would watch that most weeks. But this week I'd be like, ah, yeah, whatever. If I was state one, I'd be like, okay, cool. Oklahoma's now irrelevant for the rest of the year. Um, and, I mean, they're possibly going to miss the playoff anyway. So uh, it's a bit, bit of a tough spot for the Big 12. Yeah, this You've is done one, it to yourselves, though. This is the one that I will have on uh, when I'm out for lunch. Yeah smashing it in a, in a pram or something whatever you're doing all right uh it is time well that takes us through all the previews actually before i get too excited is there anyone else that i have missed that needs our attention will no that's it uh boise wyoming did you talk that i did not talk boise wyoming i mean the power that is wyoming they did beat missouri to open the they year did. they're six and two they're a good team uh boise obviously need to win this to continue to remain win. somewhat relevant but uh, it could be a it could be a good match, could be a tight one. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, now I didn't get to the Campbell fighting camels, but they will play this weekend. We'll give you their wrap up in next week's recap show. Uh, championship draft time. Take us through where go. the hell we are at we in go. this complete combobulation of a segment. Yeah, we, we've kind of got to the point where I think there's too many teams for us to reel them all off. I might just need to post them up on our socials so that people can check from there. But it's also the fact that you're kind of beating me quite comprehensively that I'm not all that big on going into too much detail well, on it. Let's keep talking. The The sum total of your team at the moment is 122. Uh, and this is on the back of last week, you picking up SMU who grabbed three points at the moment, not doing all that well. Uh, for me, I grabbed Florida, so they're still getting 16 points, and I'm still only on 105, so there's still a huge distance between us, even with... Wait, such, what am I on? Uh, 122. Oh, wow. So that's big. Uh, and you're picking first again this week, so Hawaii lost to Fresno State. Uh, I don't think it really matters, because I don't think there's anyone in the top 10 who's available, but you have free reign of all that are available 
who are you going after, my friend? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I did um and ah about this, and there's two to me... Well, there's probably three obvious ones. Uh, Minnesota, Notre Dame, and Memphis. And you're sort of getting to the point now where you're like, who's going to be in there at the end to get me? Who's going to finish, you know, maybe between 15 and 20 that's going to get me the most amount of points? And looking at their schedule... Notre Dame maybe, but they could also lose their last four because I don't think very highly of them. Memphis are a, a, a juicy one actually because if they just run the table in their bowl game, they probably finish in the top ten or twelve. But I'm going to take Minnesota. I think you know even if they lose this week to Penn State, yeah, they don't have an easy run home by any means. They've got Iowa and I can't actually remember Wisconsin to finish the season. I can't remember the other one that they have, but. Even if they go 2-2 two and two on the home stretch, win a bowl game, they'll certainly be ranked at the end of the year and ranked pretty well. So I will certainly take the Golden Gophers. There so that go. is the death sentence for them. Yeah, they could be in a bit of trouble now this yeah. week. But yeah. no, that's probably fair. That's probably who I would have gone if I had have had the first selection. Uh, I agree with your summation on the next two uh, available options, probably Notre Dame and Memphis. For me, I've already got Cincinnati, so I could kind of hedge my bets a bit and grab Memphis and then take whoever comes out of there potentially to represent probably against SMU and, and back one of them to win it. But I think I'm just going to back in my Bearcats and, and steer clear of that and go Notre Dame. I'll grab them. They could well win their last four games. If they do that, they'll probably finish in the top 10 and, and get a decent bowl match, and they'll be a shot at winning that too. So they have a very realistic chance of ending in the top 10. I'll grab Notre Dame. Okay. They do have to play your Navy, though, that in coming a, weeks. That is so. a tough matchup. <laughs> All right. Now, we actually might get through this whole episode without you fucking up any of the microphones here as well, Will. So that's really good. Well um, done by you. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> All right. That brings us to our last segment, I suppose. And we're running well ahead of time here. Well, uh, just I think it's on time. That's oh, right. Probably okay. the better <laughs> way of putting it. But. Okay. It's something that we don't do very often. And that is going on the punt. It is time to lose some money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Again, with the negativity, I need this to, to stop. I, I need... I'm right there with you, mate. I need it to stop as well. Last week, we won. We made money. How we, much? A little bit. <laughs> but it's positive and it's heading in the right direction. So let's keep going with that. And now we've got to that painful point in the year where just clutching at straws. Because I'm in a hole and I'm not going to just like play conservatively and drift back to minus five units yeah yeah i ain't about that i'm gonna swing with the fence i'm gonna try and you've been saying that before exactly right and it hasn't worked but eventually (laughs) it will and then at the end of the year i'll be like yeah had a winning season and people like oh wow he had one week where i really went off (laughs) but that's what we're going for and this week could be it i'm feeling i'm feeling good so oh god starting things up boston college we're going back to that well (laughs) The BC, well, they've been good to us this year. Have let us down on one occasion, but they're playing Florida State. They don't have a coach. They're a shambles. Boston only uh, giving up two points at home, so minus two. BC, we'll back them in. Feed AJ Dillon. It's it's a simple fucking recipe. Especially their defense can't stop anybody. So AJ Dillon's going to touch the ball 35 times, run for 200 yards, score three times. They're going to win. So like that, more than two. BC. Uh, next one... Going a bit out there with this one, but I'm taking Ole Miss minus 28 and a half 
against the New Mexico State Cowboys. So New Mexico State uh, Aggies. No, nah, that's New Mexico Aggies. I think New Mexico oh, State Cowboys. Lobos? Uh, Lobos. Yeah, Aggie. Yeah, Aggies Cowboys. <laughs> we a, got. He's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see your pistols dude we're on an audio medium here you could see them you gotta laugh that's <laughs> important did. to me but anyway new mexico state are legitimately one of the worst five teams in college football that not won a game true. this year they are terrible to the point where you don't even know their mascot <laughs> exactly right and i think I, I play with them as on ncaa because they are you want to take the worst team to a point where you can get a better job and yeah. i start with them but old miss are good us getting under that hour mark is just going out the window here and <laughs> just nuked this completely uh, uh but old miss whilst they haven't been great are much much better than new mexico states they're an sec team it's only 28 and a half points that's not nearly enough the one thing that concerns me is that all the money is pouring in on Ole Miss, like <laughs> bucket loads of it. So I don't normally like to bet with the public at this time of year because this is where the bookies tend to be a bit smarter and, and make their money and the public seems stupid. I don't know, I don't know how that Not is. our listeners, though. No, absolutely not. Well, only those that follow me on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no offence, but this week we're turning it around. Ole Miss <laughs> minus 28 and a half. And then to finish it off, I, Illinois, 14 and a half point underdogs. We're taking them to win. Oh, Jesus. We're, we're going to win. So they're paying six bucks to win. No, I don't hate that. So actually. we're getting after it. And then we're going to chuck that in the multi too. So three units, Boston College minus two. Three units, Ole Miss minus 28 and a half. And then three units. Just take the points there. Take the points Illinois there. Illinois straight take up. Take the points there. And then multi them all together with one unit there. Uh, that multi, you pay about 24 bucks. So... Depending on how things go there, we'll be back, baby. So I'm feeling good about Illinois. We've got two teams. Illinois and Michigan State are heading in complete opposite directions at the moment. Yeah, I mean, what's the chance that Illinois plays like two big games uh, and and big victories against blue blood Big Ten teams? Yeah, is Michigan State blue blood? I've got them that rung below. Yeah, okay. And they haven't been great this year. So yeah, like Michigan State are uh, certainly the better pro- football program. But the way things have been going, I like this spot. And yes, they're on the road, but six bucks, come on. This is an opportunity for us to jag it all back. This is the one that it happens, and I'm liking that there. So here we go. Wish me luck. You're on your own here, buddy. So, All right, that brings us to the end of our Week 11 preview show. Uh, thank you as always for listening and joining us make sure you do hit us up on Twitter and on Instagram especially if you are getting up to watch that Purdue Northwestern game we would like to hear from you and we might even be able to help you stay awake during it especially when Northwestern's on offense make sure you do subscribe to the podcast uh, on whatever podcatcher you you use or you favor whether that's Spotify Stitcher iTunes, your podcast app, whatever other million options you have out there, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast. And lastly, please do tell all your friends about us. Tell your family, get them on board. It's a good time of year. The sun's up nice and early. Get them up early. Make yourself some jalapeno poppers. Get some queso going. Uh, Get a couple of beers going at six o'clock in the morning. Nothing bad can happen with some jalapeno poppers and six o'clock beers. On behalf of a guy sharing the same room with me who does a fantastic job with production and an even better job this week because he hasn't cocked it up, 
I thought you were about to jump in there, Will. But on behalf of Will, my name's Aaron, and we will see you next time.